helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Hi, welcome to the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today, as usual, we have another interesting show lined up for you. Today's show is about what makes for a Merry Christmas. And this show couldn't have been better timed because this is Christmas morning. And I want to start by wishing you a Merry Christmas. And with me in studio today to to present you with this show, this Christmas morning show is Melissa Wagat. Melissa, Merry Christmas and uh, thanks for being with me here in the studio to do this show. You're very welcome, Michael, and Merry Christmas to you too and Merry Christmas to our our listeners hopefully sitting at home in their pajamas listening to us on this fine Christmas morning. Merry Christmas to you all. You know, it's it's something that we say all the time, Merry Christmas, and we have been saying that for some of us since November, since the end of November. And But what does it really mean? And what makes for a Merry Christmas? And today we want to look into that in a more detailed way. And thankfully there has been a study that has been done that defines what makes Christmas merry and what doesn't make it merry. And I think this is going to be a very interesting show because some of the things that you think might make your Christmas merry, it's actually... Uh, not what you think. But before I go into that, let me give our contact numbers, uh, Elam Counseling Services. You can find out more about us by going to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. You can also call us at one 3546 And we want to thank you for joining us on this very special morning as we deal with this subject of Christmas. So, Michael, you alluded to the fact that there's actually been some research done to look at what makes a Christmas merry. So going beyond the platitude of just wishing someone a merry Christmas, but how do we actually incorporate this merriness or Christmas well-being, let's call it, into our Christmas mornings and our days around this holiday time? Yes, and I think that's the that's the the that that's the important thing to try to consider, right? Like, how do we uh, take grasp of this merriness, this happiness that we are seeking in this season? And I think, thankfully, this study that was done by the University of Missouri. Thank you, Melissa, for clarifying me before the show that it wasn't misery. My accent was making it come out as University of Misery, but it's not misery, right? It's exactly. It would have <laughs> been a very ironic study to have a study of happiness. From the University done. of Misery with I, exactly. on a Christmas morning. You couldn't have planned it better, but it's the University Absolute. of Missouri. Missouri. Yes. Yes. It's so okay. I get my accent right. The University of Missouri. And it was done in, in 2002. And this study looked at seven areas, right? And the, the first, let me just name the seven areas and then we can talk about them in more detail. The first was gift giving. The second was receiving. The third area is enjoying the sensual aspects of Christmas, such as the food, the, the, the partying and so forth. And then the fourth was maintaining tradition, those Christmas traditions. And each family has different traditions that they go by. And then the, the fifth has to do with helping or charity, giving to others or, or, or in need. The sixth has to do with time spent with family. And the seventh was 
religious activity. So this study looked at each of these areas individually and then uh, from this study tried to find out whether or not this each area had to make make people more happy or less happy. And I think it's a very interesting study because it uh, totally surprised me when I read it that some of the things that we took for granted wasn't actually so. Exactly. And it's funny because as you read that list, I think some people may even be surprised because some of those things that are bringing happiness for them may bring some frustration. So we're hopefully going to bring clarity to this topic today. Did they... Were they able to identify in the study just how many people overall were feeling happy or positive at this time yes, of year? Yes, that, that's, that's very interesting from the study as well, because we, we sort of assume that, you know, people are happier during Christmas time, but not everyone is happy. And so the study looked at... Uh, uh, looked at what percentage of people were happier during the Christmas season. It said that 74.8% in general uh, felt that their happiness level was above, was above neutral. So they, these 74.8% of people saying, I'm happier than, than at other times of the year. But they also looked at it from the angle of stress. And what they found is that 57.4% of individuals in the study said that they were not more stressed during Christmas time. But uh, 43.6% said that they found the season to be stressful. And I saw, you know, like more, more people are happier, but not everyone is happy. At Christmas. So let's start breaking down some of those areas that this study said bring some merriness to the holidays. And one of the things they identified was the act of uh, receiving gifts or giving gifts, sort of the both sides of the coin. Right. Can you go into a bit more about what this study found about how these areas can bring happiness to the holiday season? Well, interestingly, the, the, one of the, the most shocking things from the study was that in the area of receiving gift, that if you received uh, a gift that was uh, a significant proportion of your annual income, that it doesn't make you happier, that people who receive these big gifts ended up not being as happy as you would think. And I found this very, very surprising. Yeah, it's a bit counterintuitive because I must say, Michael, if you choose to buy me a luxury car for Christmas, I probably will feel okay. <laughs> but but, but as much as we joke, why did the study identify that as an area that maybe didn't bring as much happiness as one would think? You've wanted that big ticket item. Maybe it's your year's salary and then some. Why aren't people feeling super happy when they open that gift? Well, I think uh, from my perspective, not necessarily from this study, but I can understand why that would be so. Because if I were to buy you this luxury car for your Christmas gift, then you would be thinking, well, what am I going to give Michael for his Christmas? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? He has no, just exactly. bought me a luxury car and I need to give something of significance as well. Mm -hmm. So maybe now your stress level is going to go up. Uh, what kind of car can I give him? I, maybe I can't afford any car. And, uh, you know, maybe the best that I can do is a replica of a car. Yes, exactly. I will and get you a luxury car <laughs> that will be a scale model. 
And but that, it's a luxury that could car. just end our relationship, Melissa. Like that we wouldn't be on the air anymore, right? Exactly. So I give you a luxury car, and then you give me a replica. And I don't think that would go over very well. So. But I see your point, though, or how sometimes when you get these big gifts, there's this social expectation, or sometimes this internal pressure we put on ourselves of how do I return that that gift in the same scale, or how do I pay them back for that, or I could never give something that big. And there's a right. a stress you may feel or guilt you may feel subconsciously as a result of that absolutely feeling as if you you can uh, you're not in as good a position as that person that give you this big gift or maybe you are in a position to give the big gift but you don't place as much emphasis on giving these expensive gifts as this person so now your expectation is wonder what this person's expecting in return for this big gift and maybe you give socks in return because that's what that's what you know what you you can you can afford to give more but for you that's okay that's practical everyone wears socks and so why do you need to give a car so what kind of things as much as i am expecting my car under my tree from you michael can we incorporate into our gift giving to help promote um a sense of merriness because we're not saying if you want to treat someone don't stop doing that necessarily but how can we make sure we foster that merriness when we're uh, giving a gift no right. matter so what when, the so price. when it comes to giving gift i think uh one of the things that adds stress is that people goes above and beyond their limit and the study did find that people who focused on giving gifts and that was the primary focus of their holiday give holiday season that these people reported more negative effect to the Christmas season. And so these people that that focused on gift giving didn't make them more happier. And you can understand that if this is the case, for a lot of people, they go into debt because this is so important. I have to give gifts to all 50 members of my family. And as a result, they, they, they are stressed because they are spending above and beyond what they can afford. And even if they can afford it, to buy 50 gifts can be stressful because they, it's time-consuming. And so the study found that gift-giving is not, uh, is, doesn't lead to a, a merrier or a happier Christmas. So what ways can we... So we talked about gift-giving and gift-receiving... How did the study identify merriness in this? How can we get that going? And it actually lends into, from my perspective, a little bit on traditions. Because right. often we're giving and receiving gifts in a traditional setting, whether it's everyone around the Christmas tree this morning, on Christmas opening in their presents. Right. How can we foster that in our traditions? And I think uh, traditions, which is one part of the study, is very, very important because it is what keeps this Christmas memory alive. Even after uh, loved ones have passed on, we can still remember the tradition if it's opening gifts on Christmas Eve or first thing on, on Christmas morning and the kind of things that we have under the tree. Are we open the gifts? Do we sing songs and uh, do we just give thanks or do we read the scriptures as, as part of that tradition? All of those things are important and I think traditions are very helpful in defining families and in, in making memories that sometimes can be passed on to other generations. And I, I think that's one healthy part of the Christmas season. I think traditions 
uh, traditions can help to to create some of that togetherness and and intimacy with others and the, and the study did find that intimacy and time with others led to a greater sense of happiness and and sense of well-being so as much as traditions foster happiness sometimes i think of those years where our traditions change for reasons beyond us maybe you've lost a loved one this year and that traditional family dinner that was always at grandma's house can't be at grandma's house this year because grandma's no longer with you Yes. How do you begin to change or acknowledge those family traditions that have changed maybe this Christmas for the first time and incorporate those joyous memories that you've had in the past, as you say, in light of the new context? That is such a, a good point, uh, Melissa. Let me say, if you're listening to this show today and you're going through your first Christmas without uh, a loved one that was there last year, then let me say that this is likely to be a very hard time for you. And we do understand that it's it's not always easy to maintain these traditions, especially when they, the, the, a loved one, you have just lost a loved one. And so it can be a very hard time for a lot of family to keep those traditions going. But however, in the long run, it's very important not to let the memory of this loved one die. And so the Christmas season can be part of keeping that memory alive. And there are studies that have been done that show that people uh, grieve better and that they, 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 they grieve healthier and get over the lost uh, more readily if they don't try to push the loved one out of their memory. So even things like hanging a socks under the tree to rem- in remembrance of that person or having a picture of this person displayed on the fireplace as, as a way of saying this person was here and they're still here in our memory can be helpful. But unfortunately, some people in the desire to be happy and to be merry, they don't want to have anything to do with keeping those memories alive. So they try to push it away and to pretend as if it didn't happen. But I think that's that's what is actually going to prolong the grieving process and make it harder for you to get over it. So it's healthier to in, involve or include the memory of the, the person that you're grieving in the Christmas tradition. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today we are talking about Merry Christmas and how to bring merriness into this Christmas season. If you've missed the first half of today's show, we encourage you to listen to it on our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at 1-877-544-3546, and we'd be happy to send you off a copy of today's show. So, Michael, we just finished talking about traditions as a way to bring merriness uh, into the Christmas season. What other ways can people have a merry Christmas? What other areas should they be trying to incorporate? One of the other areas that this study looked at was in the area of uh, enjoying sensual effects. Aspects and this has to do with things like uh, food and partying. And what they find is that this wasn't related to either making people happier or, 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 or less happy during the Christmas season, it wasn't really a factor in, in how happy uh, a person is. But then they also looked at helping 
giving to others, are helping, donating to charities and so forth. And what the study found is that giving to charity and helping others during the Christmas season led to a, a happier Christmas led to people having more positive uh, effect about Christmas. And so it's a good thing to do at this time of the year. Don't be insular. Don't don't just surround yourself with your family and your loved one. If you really want to have a happy and merry Christmas, find someone who might not have family in Canada. Find someone who might be alone because their relatives are in another part of the country. Or they they are just alone because uh, uh, you know they are here studying, and uh, invite that person over. Uh, things like that can lead to you having a greater sense of happiness and fulfillment during this Christmas season than if you focus just on yourself. So, what other ways can people, or did this study identify as promoting happiness around Christmas? The the study also looked at. Uh, time with family and I think this this is part of the tradition but they looked at it separately in in the study and what they found is that this is associated with with uh, having a happier Christmas as well but there's some interesting parts of this study when it comes to to, to spending family time together they also looked at female happiness versus male happiness uh, during the Christmas season as well when it comes to these family gatherings. And was the study able to identify any differences? And if so, what did they kind of attribute those changes to? What the study found is that male in general tended to have a happier Christmas. And this might be hard for for you to hear, Melissa, but males tend to have a a, a happier Christmas and uh, females in general tend to uh, be more stressed about the the Christmas season. And I think when it comes to, I can see how that makes sense in the areas of of time with family, because in a lot of homes, and I'm not stereotyping here, this is not in every case, but in many homes, it's the the females who are responsible for most of the shopping and to, to get the gifts together and to make sure that the house is decorated and make sure that the meal is prepared Prepared for the 50 relatives that are are coming over. And this can be highly stressful where uh, in, in some cases the, the husband or the, the males in the household, yes, they like to have these big gatherings, but they are not involved to the same extent in the preparation and the hard work and the cleaning that goes into making the place at the level that the the females in the household would want it to be. So yes, they like the males like the gathering and they they want to have the friends over, but the stress is is mostly carried by the females. So I, I think when it, it comes to uh, having a happy and a merry Christmas, I think uh, we should approach these these. Uh, family task as a team. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question is how do you begin negotiating that? Because maybe stereotypically the role has been you're in this marathon kitchen setting where it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, and if people are staying over, it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, and it never ends. And maybe you've been the one in the kitchen the most times or washing the sheets or making sure there's toilet paper and the guest room washroom and people haven't necessarily been seeing 
your needs at that time? How can you begin to negotiate and solicit support from those around you so that you're not shouldering the burden all on your own? Well, I think it, it's it's important to to begin to speak up about your needs and what you would like to to have happen and, and begin to speak about how you're feeling. If you're feeling overwhelmed, be, you know, don't just uh, keep everything down and then crash after the Christmas season. It's important to say, I need help. But there, there are some uh, people who they are perfectionists and no one can do it as well as I can. And so uh, some people will bring this on themselves. But I think in in most cases, uh, others uh, do not step up to the table uh, voluntarily and say, I will take this task away from you and I will, will do this. And so uh, females in the family, usually the mother, end up uh, being burned out. So I think part of that is to be be open, communicate, and uh, to approach it as a team. And I think, you know, wishing your wife a Merry Christmas or buying her the expensive gift, as the study shows, might not be what makes her happy. What makes her happy or may help her to have a Merry Christmas is you being in the kitchen and helping with the preparations, helping with the big dinner, and, you know, getting off the TV and the remote. And, and, I was going to say, and, nothing's more attractive than a man with a vacuum sometimes. <laughs> that is the way to my heart, honey, if you're listening. He knows it. But it's funny, because what my one of my colleagues did to address this situation in her own life is she said, I'm going to go to a restaurant. So she changed up tradition a bit. Yes. But she, she downloaded the burden onto the, the people at the restaurant, and now her family goes out there so that she can enjoy time with yes. her family. Yeah, and I, I and think, that was her way of working around this. Yes, but I think in a sense that that is sad because you're you're losing family tradition as well. We talk about traditions being mm-hmm. important. So I think a lot of the fast food places now are capitalizing on this stress that people feel to prepare these big meals. And so they're now coming out with these turkey dinners for Thanksgiving and these uh, meals at Christmas time and so forth. So I think... Uh, the traditions can be maintained if others in the family system becomes uh, cognizant of the need to help. And for those who are being stressed because they're doing too much of the work, to ask for help and to, to, to involve others in, in the process of helping. And so what else did the study identify as a way to bring merriness? The the study also looked at religious activities as being one of the things that is important to this tradition. And I think in in a lot of ways we have lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas. This study talks about how Santa has become... Uh, more of a central figure to Christmas than Christ himself. And uh, I think it's important for us not to forget that the season is about Christ. It's a religious holiday. And I'm very thankful that this study did find that people who focused on the religious meaning of Christmas and made this a salient part of the the holidays, that these people in general were happier than those who focused on the material aspects of Christmas alone. So I, I think this is should be a reminder to us as, as believers and people in general, even if you're not believer, that this is a religious holiday. And uh, there are all kinds of studies that are being done now that shows that 
uh, religion is a, a, a very good way for dealing with stress, for coping, that people who have religious beliefs and who are involved in religious practices, that they deal better with depression. And in, in, some, in, in some studies show that they even live longer. And so I think as, as part of this Christmas season, part of the way to have a Merry Christmas, and I think a very central part of that is to don't forget what the season is about and to incorporate uh, Christ in your family traditions. And so how can people remember to keep Christ into the, into the center when there's so much hubbub around? What ways can we begin to make Christ the center again in our own life? Yes, I think in, in many cases, uh, we are so, as you said, you know, all of this excitement and the materialism, and it's very easy to get drawn into all of that and to forget that this season is about Christ. And so I think it's important to have your own family traditions, because as Christians, it's important to think about what it is that you need is important to you that you want to cultivate as part of your family heritage, of part of as part of your Christian traditions going forward. And I think you can incorporate that in the gift opening. I'm not against gift giving. I'm not against having all of these other parts. But I think even part of the the gift giving uh, can start with a Bible reading where you read about that first gift that was given, which is Christ Himself who was given by the Father to us. And so I think if you if you incorporate that, then it's helping to keep that religious aspect uh, alive. But I think apart from that, we also need community in the in the in the church setting as well. So we need to get out to those church services and not to just focus on uh, just focus on our, ourselves and, and indulging in the, the festivities of the season. So I see that we're quickly out of time today, Melissa, and it was such a blast doing this show. I, I really enjoy talking about this because I think there are many people who are going to be or are going to identify with some of the things that we talked about today. Most definitely. And Merry Christmas to everyone. Enjoy your turkeys and your ham and have a lovely holiday season. Merry Christmas to all of you and thank you for joining us and in, in, in this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. Just to remind you that we're on the air every Monday morning at 9.30 and that you can find out more about us by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. If you'd like to talk to us by phone, give us a call by going to, by calling one 544 Three five four six. And again, thank you very much for listening to this episode. You can also, if you have joined us late in this episode, you can listen to the full version by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. And together we wish you a Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.